everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of the Weekly Yap, the Yes And podcast. I am your host, Travis Thomas, the host of the Yap and the creator of Live Yes And. This is episode 86, and it's called Improve It with Aaron Deal. So Aaron will be joining us here shortly. Uh, she and I sat down, and it's not often I get to talk to an improviser, and so uh, I just had a lot of fun. Uh, she's a great interview. She's doing great stuff with uh, Improve It in Chicago. And so she and I dive into that. Before we jump into the interview, want to say uh, hello to everyone at the Crim Foundation in Flint, Michigan. I got to go give a workshop there last week. And uh, one of the best groups of people that I've ever worked with, and I'm biased because they're in Flint, my uh, hometown, and they're doing amazing work. And uh, I grew up with the Crim Festival of Races, and now it's turned into a year-round fitness foundation. They're doing mindfulness and nutrition in schools. And uh, for a city that uh, uh, could use a lot of help, they're doing amazing work. And so just want to say hello out there to the Crim Foundation. And uh, finally, we're getting back to the weekly yap where we're having some uh, special guests on the show. I'm sure you guys are getting tired of the solo cast. And so today we get back at it, uh, and then... And then we've got uh, a number of other interviews lined up for the next couple of months. So I'm really excited about that. And of course, if you are a listener of the Weekly Yap and you want to go to iTunes and give me a review or a rating, that's always great. Uh, you can go online at liveyesand.com if you want to see what else I'm up to as far as shows and talks and things like that. And I'm also always on social media at liveyesand. So let's get into episode 86 with Aaron Deal. Aaron, uh, she and I actually found each other uh, on social media. And again, being an improviser, and she's doing amazing corporate work uh, with different uh, organizations based out of Chicago, but she's doing work everywhere. And again, doing similar work that I'm passionate about, but obviously we all come at it at a different angle. And in this interview, we kind of talk about her background, uh, how she got into improvisation. She's a Clemson Tiger. And um, we have some Michigan roots as well, but she gets into sort of her why of why she got into it, and uh, just some of the some of the interesting things that uh, uh, she has realized about herself and uh, about the work that she's doing. So I really enjoyed this interview. I think you're going to enjoy it too. So please welcome Aaron Deal. And please welcome to the weekly Yes And podcast, Aaron Deal. Aaron, how are we doing today? I am doing so well, Travis. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is a pleasure to have you. And this is, Aaron, this is my first interview since uh, since probably May. Uh, and uh, so I've been doing a lot of solo casts um, uh, over the summer just because it's been harder to uh, to schedule interviews. Uh, so you are, uh, you're my first one here in kind of in the new season. And so you should feel extremely honored. I feel so honored. I, I will yes and your yes and podcast and say thank you and I'm excited to be here. I, I, that, that really does make me feel honored. So thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it's not often uh, that I that I have too many guests on the weekly yap that are actually improv people. And so when I when I came across you and uh, um, your organization uh, online and I started looking into it, I was like, oh, okay, this is uh, this is someone I need to talk to. And then you and I finally got a chance to talk and have a long conversation a little while ago. And I was like, all right, we need to have you on the yap. And so for those of you who don't know, I know I kind of already gave an introduction, but uh, but Aaron is the founder and CEO of Improve It Chicago. Uh, applause for a cause. And so Aaron, tell everyone um, what Improve It is all about. Yes, thank you. Well, so 
So we do similar similar work as Travis. We love spreading the gift of improvisational comedy to people and organizations. So first and foremost, we do professional development. So soft skill training on things like team building, effective communication, presentation skills, and we use the techniques of improv to help train. So First and foremost, a professional development company. Um, we really are really excited and passionate about getting into companies' culture, getting to know them, and helping them develop uh, their soft skills through use of these, uh, I like to say, I was going to say techniques, but almost technologies. If you, I, I said technologies, but I meant techniques. <laughs> uh, so, and then um, the applause for the cause comes in, so Improv really, in, in my mind, is all about um, supporting each other, and it's really a give and a take. So when we say support, you have to give support in order to receive support. And so we do have an altruistic arm to us. So every year we have a charity partner that we donate a portion of our proceeds to. Uh, and this year it's called Bare Necessities, and it's a pediatric cancer foundation uh, local here in Chicago. And they do what they call bear hugs. So any child going through pediatric cancer treatment, they offer them an experience. And so every quarter we are donating and we are sponsoring four children. So um, we're, we're giving to others and with our soft skills. And then also uh, we receive from that, but then we receive the good that comes from giving to others. And then we also give our, our donations as, as well. So that's, that's improvement in a, in a very brief nutshell. I hope that was brief. No, that's that's fantastic. No, and I and I love the the altruistic side to it because it's it's sort of uh, you're getting a chance to sort of yes and your own sort of business model, right? It's it's exactly. you're, you're yes anding all the good that's going on, and you're being able to spread that love uh, to others. Um, and so, no, that's fantastic. And so, Aaron, how did you um, sort of uh, get into the improv world in the first place? I love it. Well. I will tell you this, Travis, since I was born, my mother said I came out of her womb just like tap dancing, okay? <laughs> uh, and I was like, hello, world. Um, so I've, I've performed since I was three, and my I do want to credit my mother. Give it up to Janice Holbrook here. Hey, Janice, um, yes. Hey, Janice. Um, she put me in community theater in Greenwood, South Carolina, when I was three years old. And my mother is a singer, um, and she also does musical theater and so she was Eliza Doolittle and My Fair Lady and I was a street urchin at three um, and so from then I just kept performing so I, just, I danced my whole life uh, went to Clemson University danced there also through that time period just performed in a variety of different things sketch comedy show choir um, and then after I graduated college served my whole life from like 13 on I always said I'm gonna be a talk show host and um I really thought that I literally believed it I was like nope I, and my parents were of the mindset that you know if anybody can do it it's you because you'll bug the crap out of somebody until you get it so um and you can do it so they never were like no you can't um and so I moved to Chicago right after and decided um that I was going to start taking improv classes just because I was my family at the time lived in Michigan I went to high school in Michigan and so Chicago was the next biggest city and I thought okay I need some training under my belt other than this communications degree that I received from Clemson. Um, and I also was like, oh, it's the land of Oprah. So <laughs> I started 
too. And then um, slowly but surely just started taking classes at Second City. And then I had an agent and I started um, doing a lot of hosting and MC work Mm -hmm. for more like live events. And so I was traveling quite a bit. Um, And actually for five years, I traveled months at a time doing a lot of MC work. So in the times that I was off from these gigs, I would come back and take a class or I would do a sketch group and we put up a show in a month. Um, and then about 2010, I decided I needed to get off the road and I got a full-time job at a recruiting firm doing business development. And then from there, I was like, I'm going to use this schedule nine to five to go back and do what I really loved, which was comedy. And so then I just started taking all the classes and doing all the things. So I would work nine to five and then I'd go to class at IO or at second city or the annoyance. And then, um, I would perform with independent teams or teams from my car, you know, with, with the groups that I was in class with. Um, and it was kind of like working two full-time jobs, but, I, I loved it. The moment I stepped into class, I, w- I will never forget it. And I think it was 2010. I just felt like I was at home. I felt, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I just felt like a calling of this art form is something that's so wonderful and it brings people together in such a different way than anything I've ever done. Um, so I was just so drawn to it. So long-winded answer, but that's that's how I got here. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, obviously you've had performance in your background since, like you said, the time you came out of the womb. And so uh, sort of being in the spotlight and being on stage was was nothing new to you. And, uh, and I love your aspirations of being the next Oprah. Thank uh, you. It's funny. Uh, in college, uh, uh, I had a talk show, a college campus talk show, because I, I too, was uh, prepared to be the next uh, Oprah. Yes, yes, yes. We could have done a dual show, Travis. We still can, Aaron. We still, we still can. can. Yes. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> and so tell me, so uh, after having, uh, you know, this um, really an entire childhood and upbringing uh, that was performance-based, you talked about in 2010 sort of going in and starting to take classes. What was it about those classes specifically that sort of just kind of opened things up for you? That's a great question. Um, for me, I've always felt so. So here's I'm going to take a step back. I think a few minutes here. Mm-hmm. So in high, I've always been outgoing. I've never really been shy. I've always, you know, I've I've always had that in me. But I think um, there's just one thing that sticks out in my mind so prevalently from high school, and it would be, I, you know, I had friends. So I'm not saying I wasn't. Like, you know, people made fun of me or anything, but I, I, and I always, I, I will say this, I always look out for underdogs. I always want people to feel included. Um, but at the time I remember this one line, some people would frequently say, they'd be like, who are you? Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard that. Like, who are you? Like in that voice, ah. um, and then that would come when I would say or do something kind of you know, different or funny or, you know, in their minds weird. And so when I walked into class, I think in 2010, for the very first time, I just felt like I could be myself and I could do things. And if I said or did something, I wasn't looked at like a weirdo. I was supported wholeheartedly. And that, that was when it clicked for me that, 
you know, this art form brings people together. And I say art form because I really think it is an art form. It just brings people together in a way that you typically, you just have to accept what's being said. And you also, at the same time, want to support people for what they say and what they do. So it just, for me, it was just this theme of inclusivity that really resonated with me. And I just kept, you know, and also to, to, to caveat that, I'll be honest with you. So as I told you, I performed, um, I performed scripted work my whole life. I learned choreographed dances my whole life. So when it came to improv, I was terrified. Like I was, can I swear on this podcast? I was scared poopless. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can bleep that out. You know, the fact that you said poop. Yeah. 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 Um, and so for me, it was also like, okay, I tried improv. I was actually in a show right when I graduated here in Chicago. It was an off-Broadway show, a show called The Awesome 80s Prom, which is like a Tony and Tina. Yes. And, yeah. and that was a, the first sort of true improv type. I mean, it was a, a kind of a loosely scripted sure. show with some improv in it. I had a very strong like character so I was I made you know choices with that character so it was improv but it was also you know we had this character and you had some choices but through that I was like man improv is not easy and I was a little scared of it back then because I was surrounded by a lot of great improvisers in that show so also what drew me to the classes in 2010 was like I'm gonna conquer this fear I'm gonna you know I love this inclusivity feeling but I'm also a little scared of it so let me just run towards this thing that makes me afraid and let me see if I can find, you know, kind of get over it in a way. So yeah, that was it really. So where does, yeah, where does that, uh, uh, inspiration or mindset for you come from this, this idea of running towards your fear? Mm, These are great questions, Travis. I'm a good listener, Aaron. I'm a good listener. You really are. You should have a, it's weird. You should have a podcast. I should. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it one of these days. (laughs) Um, So, fearless. Um, That's a really great question. I think I grew up, I moved around a lot. I was always having to adapt to situations, so I never grew up in this. I, grew, I moved in third grade, eighth grade, uh, and then so I went to I went to middle school and I went to elementary school in South Carolina, middle school in Georgia, high school in Detroit, South Carolina for college. So all of those times, I was completely starting over. Yeah, um, and. I think through that, I really learned to adapt. And then also, um, you know, I wish I could tell you a specific place in time I realized that I wanted to not be afraid of things. I think I, I, when I'm passionate, there's some things that I'm like, I'm afraid of that. And... I don't care, right? Like, like snakes. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I'm afraid of snakes, and I don't care to touch a snake right. ever. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but for me, I sort of felt this calling, I guess, if you will. Um, as you know, I said, I wanted to be a talk show host, and I really felt like improv was this tool that could really help me. And there was this specific to following the fear and improv, you know, 
I think it was just the, the idea that I had this team of people with me through this journey that made me sort of be like, okay, follow this fear, follow this fear. And I, and I will say, I think intuition serves people in a lot of different ways. And for me, I feel like, um, I've always had an intuition about certain things. And my intuition was like, you have got to do this. Like if you, I, I mean, I would literally like on the way to class, I would have like that achy stomach crampy feeling and like <laughs> the armpit sweats. <laughs> and uh, I was in my head a lot yeah. as a beginning improviser, like so much. Right. I had one teacher even look at me and she's like, Aaron, are you in your head right now? And I was like, yes, yes, I am. Thank you for calling that out. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it was, it was something that was just like, it just felt in my blood. Like I had to do it. And right. also the people who were drawn to improv were, were also kind of like the reason for me to follow that fear. And I just think there's certain things in life that people on, you know, if they're like, I'm afraid of this, but I know it can make me better. I've always felt like following those fears only leads to success and you're gonna fail so many I mean like I stunk it up like I cannot even tell you my very first like real real improv show was the worst show of my like I mean we (laughs) and guess what our coach was there and he recorded it and he made us go back and watch it torture torture it was the worst the worst and um I mean so it was kind of like exposure therapy if you will like it was like I just gotta keep doing this I don't know why I just feel it I need to do it um and I've tried that like in some you know and there's so many things I think like I kind of feel like at certain points if I get bored I need to try something like we're doing a conference on Thursday and we're adding in this choreographed dance and my husband and I were talking about it last night and he was like well it's a risk you could either flip or flop on it and he's like but you know you should do it otherwise you'll be bored kind of thing yeah right right (laughs) so I kind of think it just all falls in in line together that's a really great question though I hope that answered it absolutely shape or form well no I mean it sounds like your your childhood experience alone of any time you know you're having to uh, change locations or move somewhere and be the new kid in school, let alone once, um, you know, uh, or four times or however many times that whether you like it or not at the time that, that teaches you the ability to, you know, to be adaptable, to be flexible, to, uh, survive outside of your comfort zone. And if you do, if you do that a couple of times, you start to, you know, you start to build up a reserve of, all right, I've done this before. And, uh, I remember how nervous I was then and, and I was okay. And I think improv really is that, that space of like, oh, wow, I could really go up there and bomb. But if I do like, ah, I'll still be okay. said too about the comfort zone and I think you know it, just kind of leaping forward here with improve it that's really something we talk about a lot is really getting people comfortable with that uncomfortable yeah. and um having you know it's we know that what we, we come in and do every single day is gonna uh, shake up their day in a, in, a, in a way that they typically wouldn't have if they hadn't brought us into their organization uh and so really for me too going back to like this whole 
like mentality of overcoming fear, I, I think through just even all of those lessons you just mentioned of, of starting over so many times, I think I, re- I looked back at all of those experiences and I realized how much I grew from them. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. Like the growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And that's really what I think it is. It's like when you, you kind of, um, you get, you're like, oh, wow, I did this because I, you know, gave into that fear and you just kept doing it over and over. Like you just said, you start to realize like, okay, you know, something's going to happen. Something will come from this. I'm not sure what, either way, it's a learning opportunity. And it's like, if we stay stuck and we don't try those new things that make us afraid that, I mean, really you're just stagnant, you know, you're, you're stagnating your own growth and you're, you're really just limiting yourself to the possibilities because, I mean, YOLO, life is short. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's, you know, it's hard to get in that mindset, though. I don't want to think, you know, sit here and say that that was easy for me to just do. Mm-hmm. I think this is time of this is repetition of choices and, you know, We all have choices in life. So I think, you know, if anybody else is listening and they're like, oh, well, that seems like it was easy. It definitely wasn't. It's it's definitely a a sort of a mental thing that you have to be comfortable with. And like you said, just do a couple of times to realize that that it's important to continue, I guess. Yeah. So. Well, it's it, interesting. Yeah, and it's funny how you you mentioned earlier how uh, your your first improv show how brutal it was, and mm-hmm. you know for anyone listening, if you if you ever sit around a group of improvisers, you will never hear them talk about a good scene that they did. They will mm-hmm. always ruminate and reminisce about those brutal scenes. And I could you know my mental rolodex could pull up plenty right now because you know, <laughs> because those are the ones that stick out. But it's also all you have to do is a semi you know a semi-adequate scene and you're hooked, right? You're hooked for the next show. It's like golf. You know, you could go out there and play 18 horrible rounds, but if you have like two good shots, you're like, oh, I got to come back. And that's, totally, that's improv. Yeah. Cause it is, it's magic. Because when it, when it, when it happens, you know, the right way it is, it feels magical. And the feeling is I need to feel that again, you know? And so it keeps you coming back for more. Oh my God. Yes. And I, to, to that point, I kind of look at improv as therapy, honestly, yes. uh-huh. cause you get to step. Like I remember, and I'm going to be real honest in the past year, I have not performed as much as I would like to, cause I'm totally focused on growing this business. Um, and so it's been, I, I the last time I probably did a show was maybe, I mean, that, I shouldn't say that I perform every single week with workshops, but it's a different, and we do some improv in those workshops, but the actual show show, right. um, I haven't done in a while. So, um, I will say though, the, when you're absolutely right, when a scene hits or a show hits, it is like a therapeutic, cathartic experience, like a high that you can't get anywhere else. And then also you're able to channel. Like, I remember when I was getting married, um, which is so funny. I met our, one of our, our director of talent here at Improve at Christie going through classes at I.O. Um, and I was getting married at the time. And I just remember her and I laughing because she had just got married. And she was like, it's so hilarious because, like, all of your 
your scenes are about a bride or like getting married or you get to kind of <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like like cathartically you know live out loud what your inner thoughts are thinking and you can create characters from those inner thoughts and that was just so helpful in my mind I I absolutely love it and think you know whether you go to therapy which I'm a big fan of or you go to an improv class yeah um it's just it's just so beneficial in so many ways I absolutely agree absolutely yeah I, I've, I've I've referred to it as therapy uh many a times and mm-hmm. um and it is you know it's I think like you talked about the feeling that you had taking those first classes I mean very similarly I felt like wow like this is possible. And, you know, it, because it's funny, it's, it's such, I think the principles of improvisation are so natural and intuitive to us. Yet at the same time, uh, we have been so trained out of them, uh, that they feel so foreign when we experience them. Yet at the same time, I think what that, that joy is, it's reconnecting us back to kind of who we are and, and in, in the first place. And it's mm-hmm. this, you know, and, it, and it's, uh, you know, it's almost like connecting you back to childhood or connecting you back to, yeah, wait, I am a natural collaborator. I don't need to compete over every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that just that feeling, that feeling you get when, you know, you have a group of people who are truly collaborating with one another. So agreed. So agreed. Yeah. It's so funny. I, the whole time you were saying that I was literally like following you and my mind just went childhood. Like I just saw the world word childhood so prominently as you were talking and it's like, it connects you, I think a lot with your inner child. And a lot of times, especially in business, we're afraid to let that side show or vulnerability show. Um, so I just think in general, it's such a really great reminder that life, like play is important and also being true and authentic to who you are is so important. Yeah. So Aaron, when did you make the the leap to, uh, to even think that taking this into sort of the corporate world was something that you wanted to do? Yeah. So in 2010, that's when I got off the road and I started working at this recruiting firm. Um, I had the best boss in the whole world, by the way, and I still talk to her to this day. Uh, Super supportive. I mean, she yes-ands people in her day-to-day life. She's never even taken an improv class. So, um, So I started, you know, really, like I said, just doing the nine to five and then doing class after class and performing every night and, um, from there, I just was like, wow, everything I'm doing on stage and my classes and rehearsals, they are translating into my role at work, which was I was doing business development and consulting um, with different clients, trying to bring them into our firm and have them use our services. So I was becoming a better listener. I was thinking quickly, more quickly on my feet. I mean, this is true. Like, I'm not just rattling off these things. Like, I literally felt more present in conversations. It just, it just was so fascinating to see the change. And I thought, wow, this is something that I think can definitely help in the business world. And I started doing research and obviously there's a lot of large theaters and organizations that have this business arm. Um, but a girlfriend of mine was starting a 
she had a, a company called Miss Career Girl, which she has been uh, since sold, which is cool because she's 34. Um, and uh, she had this whole course about women and entrepreneurs. And she was doing this pilot program and asked me to join. And I said to her, I have no idea for a business. I can join and give you some feedback. But I mean, I, I really don't know. And she goes, just join. You, you know, we can make up something as you go. And through that course, I got this idea for Improve It. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is something that I'm so fascinated about. But I also really wanted there to be a charity arm to it. I really wanted it to have some type of altruistic component to yeah. it. Um, and so I started doing a lot of research and just sat on this idea in 2011 till 2013 after my husband and I got married because I was planning a wedding, but I love this idea. I would tell people about it and they're like, yeah, 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 that sounds great. That sounds great. I would love to, you know, you should do that. But you kind of saying you're going to do this idea versus doing it are two different things. Um, so then in 2013, I was full speed ahead after the wedding. I had all this momentum of like planning a wedding and I said, I want to plan this. I'm going to start this business. So I did some research, um, started talking to some improvisers and getting, at the time we had teams of improvisers helping out, uh, with the facilitation and then building a website, getting an LLC, getting a business license, doing all those things. Um, and so we actually launched in June of 2014 and I was this like super, optimistic we had this soft launch party and a bunch of friends came and you know basically it was like our website was launching so we're opening our doors really we have yeah. a website um and so i was so like oh my gosh john that's my husband we can't go on vacation the moment we launched this website uh the phone's gonna ring off the hook and we're not gonna be able to go on vacation anymore say goodbye to your social life i was like this is it i'm sorry you know can't we, we need to do it all now and i have really again this is like i guess my naivete or just my over i don't know my over optimistic self kicked in but it was literally crickets. I mean, there was not a single, like, no one cared, right? Like, it was like <laughs> nothing <laughs> for months, like five months. So um, there was this competition with uh, the Red Eye, which is a sub-newspaper sub of the um, Chicago Tribune. And they were doing this competition called the Big Idea Awards. And it was for entrepreneurs who had ideas to, you know, share their ideas and then the, the public votes on it. And then it goes into this, like, big shark tank um, round where the, you know, public comes and votes and you present your ideas. And um, so we ended up winning that in 2014. And that was a very big deal because a lot of people at that time did not know that I was building Improve It on top of my full-time job. And because... It was such a thing that you had to like, ask people for votes yeah. and you had to promote it. My entire team at work found out about it. So my cover was blown. Um, all my clients <laughs> found out about it. Um, but the coolest thing was they all came and, like, supported it. Um, and we won because of the support that I had from all of those people. And because it was literally you had to get the most votes at this big event with 500 people. Um, so just so many people came and showed up. And actually that night I had a sketch show after we won. So it 
was like from six to eight was the competition. And then this like huge crew of my friends and coworkers and family all went from the like competition to my show, which was in Wrigleyville. We went from like West Loop to Wrigleyville. So, um, at, at 1030 show. So that was just, it was so crazy. It was such a crazy night. Um, but that really launched us and got us a lot of, uh, visibility and then also just a lot of people supporting us. And through that, I was like, okay, this was a sign. I have to keep going. So <laughs> things changed and now yeah. it's grown. I, I think, I think you just recited the plot to high school musical, Aaron, where you... <laughs> Get your, get your head in the game. You know, Troy and, you know, I, I can't remember Troy's girlfriend now. How They, they pulled it off. You Sharpay. Pulled, Sharp, Sharpay. Well, Sharpay was the rival. You know, Sharpay oh, was. Oh, right, right. Oh, oh shoot. Vanessa. Vanessa Van, yes, Vanessa, yes. So they you know, they pulled off the, the basketball game, the science fair, and the talent show all in one night. So now we know where Disney got it from. Based on it was my based life. on your life, yeah. Um, <laughs> lightly, lightly based, lightly based. Lightly, yes, very lightly. There's, that's actually in the credits. Very lightly based on the life of Aaron. Too. <laughs> so, Aaron, so you're in Chicago. You're you're in the the you know the heartbeat of improvisation, and you're in you know you're in the the world of the second cities and the IOs and um, and so you know specifically with. With my approach to sort of improv in the corporate world and improv in with organizations and teams, I focus on the idea of purpose, authenticity, and collaboration. Mm-hmm. So, for you with Improve It, what what are sort of what, what's the focus? What's the niche that uh, that you think defines Improve It? I love that. And by the way, I'm halfway through your book. I didn't get to finish the whole thing in time for this podcast, but I want you to know. I know that, and I love your book, so it's well, a plug for you, Travis. Well, thank you. The second half of the book really stinks, so you should probably <laughs> just stop there. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, man, I, I actually I tried to finish it last night, and I, I love it. I just was literally like, oh, my God, I, I can't wait to talk to you about it when I finish it. So we'll have to do another podcast Absolutely, when I it. yes. Um, yes. So... So, yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of what Improve It focuses on is creating a safe space for teams. Uh, and right now we focus a lot on, on teams. So kind of get just to give you an overarching view, we have 10 different soft skills that we, we focus on. So 10 different workshops. Each workshop is two hours in length. Um, and those things range from like collaboration, effective communication, presentation skills, leadership, networking. The overarching kind of the, we I like to say thesis statement, if you will, mm-hmm. with all of these workshops is to number one get you in a safe space so that you feel free from judgment and that others can share ideas without judgment. And because of that, that's making us as individuals more empowered in our roles and more productive at work. So that if if you take a networking workshop or if you take a um, we have an intern 101 workshop, actually, if you take either of those workshops, the content in there will be completely, completely different. But that overarching message will resonate through every single offering that we have. Um, and we're also starting to do some e-learning, so more like email content 
So we're putting together these really cool, and that's from Allie, our director of operations. This is all her. I cannot take credit for any of it. Mm-hmm. I just say her words. Um, but she's putting together something we're calling Improve You. So right now we're focusing on the teams. We work with individuals who are part of a subgroup of people within an organization. Sometimes we work with the entire organization, but we also are really wanting to focus on individuals and helping them be their best selves through personal professional development. So, um, these e-courses are coming out. We've actually defined four traits of an improviser that we really think help you think like an improviser but work like a boss, if you will. <laughs> and those <laughs> and those are um, bravery, support, competence, and creativity. And so through that, we've created some tr- some packaged programming with all of our workshops. Um, but on an individual level, we're, we're rolling out some e-courses on those topics individually. So we're starting off with Confidence will be our first one, um, and that should come out at the end of November, beginning of December. Um, so I know that's kind of a long-winded answer. I wish I had like three words that really summed it all up, like you. But that's it. No, no, I love it. No, I love, and I, I love all the different uh, the offerings and the variety and the improve it like a boss. I, I love it. Uh, what is what is the one area or the one aspect, Aaron, that that most sort of inspires you specifically about the work? These are great questions, Travis. I'm really <laughs> loving them. The Thank one you. area. I'll be honest with you. I love watching people walk into a workshop one way and be like, this is not for me. Yeah. Or completely be nervous and not want to be there. And then watch them walk out completely changed, open, vulnerable, and smiling. That is... That's what I love. Oh, I and, love it. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love what, like we actually, so regardless of political views, <laughs> we work with the Obama foundation mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I personally am a huge sort of, uh, uh, like driver of a lot of their mentality. It's not a political, like anti anything. It's a positive change promote, uh, foundation where they're trying to just help citizens 18 to 24 really help them sort of drive change in their communities and help them find specific ways to do that. And so we worked with them this weekend and our client service, our client experience associate, long title, but she's newer to us. She was actually an intern with us for eight months and just came into this role. Her name is Jenna. Um, She actually got a chance to pitch her idea for creating change in her community to Obama himself on Saturday. And he like gave her, I'm not even just kidding. Like she like gave her feedback and was questioning her, you know, specifically about this project that she put together through this day long learning program. Uh, and for me, Jenna is super wonderful. I know Jenna's true self and how great she is, but she has a fear of speaking in public. And she also is more, she claims to be an introvert to watch her stand up there and own it and just be so open and knowledgeable and confident on stage in front of 200 people and a former president of the United States was one of the greatest joys I've ever had 
in working with Improve It Ever. I, I like was like a proud mom videotaping her because <laughs> she's like, okay, mom. Um, but I was just so in awe and in shock of of you know. And she even said, she's like, I, I know what we talk about it and Improve It, and and I know what. At this moment, I had to be my, you know, I had to stay calm. I had to be open and I had to be present. And it was beautiful. I mean, it, and I'm so, so proud of her. But and, and so that to me is if I could just put like that as a microcosm of what I love to watch. It's people just being comfortable with who they are, owning it, and then just really driving forward with things that make make them scared. I think that even goes back to our beginning conversation. Mm-hmm. Like she just owned the crap out of that microphone and was just so present and wonderful to watch. And I, I don't think I've ever been prouder as a business owner or as a mentor or anything. I was just like, it, it was an incredible experience to watch. I love it. I love it. I, and I saw some of the pictures on, on Instagram and uh, it looked like that was very, very cool. So no, what a wonderful story. And, and again, to your point of, of having people come into a workshop and leave um, transformed or leave with a completely different sort of attitude or spirit to them. Uh, yeah, so cool. So rewarding. It's, it's, <laughs> I always feel like when people come in, you know, the question they're thinking to themselves like, all right, who's this schmo? Like, mm-hmm. who's this schmo and what's he going to try to teach me, right? Yeah. And then, obviously, I'm not really trying to teach you or you know, our work. It's not about us doing anything as much as, you know, offering up, you know, some perspectives and ideas. But, yeah, that to see people, to see those light bulbs go off and to see people go just to leave the, leave the room different than the way they came in. Yeah. No, I love that. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Last question, Aaron. Ready. Last question, and I just I'm just thinking of this on the spot from a uh, sort of the spirit of what Live Yes and is all about. And as you know, right, the biggest uh, sort of the biggest uh, leaps in growth and progress in our lives typically come from the things that we wouldn't have. Uh, uh, chosen to ask for on our own. Mm-hmm. It's it's taking what life gives you and, and turning it into a big yes and. So when you look mm-hmm. at sort of your life, what is sort of what was what was the the biggest curveball sort of life through you that you had to say yes and to, uh, and and how did it propel you in a positive direction? Travis, I mean these questions are blowing my mind, um, and that's a. That is a wonderfully stated question. First of all, I want to give you that. Thank I want to you. answer that. Um, <laughs> and it's a real humdinger of a thinker for me here. So let me, oh, I mean, just off this, off, just improvising here. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> first thing that comes um, to mind. I really think it's just, um, Every situation that I think, I'm going to go back to the moving. I'm going to go back to really moving yeah. a lot as a child. And and maybe that's not even that much, but I think uh, it is, truthfully. Like, a lot of people live in the same hometown, or they were born somewhere, and then they moved somewhere and grew up in that one place. And for me, it was really 
just being super adaptable. I mean, I moved in third grade. I didn't know a single person, not that big of a deal in third grade. Going into ninth grade, I mean, that's pretty hard. Then going from ninth grade, and also I was super Southern going to a school in the suburb of Detroit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you were the fish that. out of the water. Yes, you were. Yes. yes. As the Flint I mean, boy that I am. Yes. I mean, sticks of Georgia to, to West Bloomfield, Michigan. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh-huh. like, woo. Um, and then... Um, from there, I went to Clemson, and I didn't know anybody either. So I think just being adaptable and knowing that, you know, I think there's – I'm not a super religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. And I have to say I always think that when things – when life throws you these curves balls, there's always, uh, there's always a reason that that door is opening, and you just have to walk through it in order to see what good can come from it. So I think that's the yes and for me is just knowing – if I, you know, if I can, with all those times I've moved, and even I moved to Chicago, I knew one person. I knew my best friend. Right. And so um, I think just knowing that I will be okay, I can start over, and that there's just friends here I haven't met yet. I mean, that was really, yes, they, all of those times helped me really, um, I think, just become who I am. And I yeah. think just made me stronger. And I think there's been so many little things that I've also felt like I've had to yes and as well. Um, I think even with that said, I think all of those, like, you know, and I, and I had a choice in a couple of those moves, but the other times I didn't have a choice. They were for my family. And, um, I think that through that, I, it made taking a leap of faith and starting a business, leaving a full-time job. Like I've, I've just been able to take more leaps of faith like that and, and know that it will be okay versus being, you know, in the same, in the same space, in the same box, you know, sort of metaphorical box, if yeah. you will, yeah. my whole life. So it's a great question. I'm going to have to think about that a little deeper. That's all right. Well, that's a great answer. No, I, I think you, I think you definitely hit on, you know, hit on some big, some big aspects of your life and, and, uh, probably how influential those were for you. So no, no, those are great. All right, Aaron, last thing is, uh, how can people find you online and on social media? You're wonderful, Travis. So, well, that's, I just want to give up. This is how Travis and I even met is through social media. <laughs> yes. So, um, that's pretty cool. So, www.improveitchicago.com is our website. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn under, well, I guess Twitter and Instagram at Improve It Shy. Facebook is just Improve It. So, check us out. Um, we do a lot of posting about this wonderful world of yes and and i'm so thrilled and honored that you asked me to do this travis i think the world of you and i think this is such a cool business and anybody who lives this lifestyle i think are the bee's knees so kudos (laughs) to you well aaron it's awesome having a kindred spirit out there that's doing uh really really fantastic work and it shows up um in all of your uh, all of your media uh i think the thing that stood out to me when i found you all for the first time online was the joy that uh, came through the posts and the pictures of the groups that you were working with. And uh, you could just see it um, from picture to picture. So it's really cool. Uh, so Thank really, you. really pumped about everything that you're doing. And uh, I know this will not be the last time that we
we speak. And to everyone listening, um, I will also post those links uh, in the uh, the post for this uh, podcast as well. So, Aaron, thank you so much, and uh, thanks for taking time for the weekly app. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. And I think you're wonderful. Keep it up, Travis. You're the best. Appreciate it. So life is a painting. All your colors always bleed together.